broadcasting around the world. Around the world. You're listening to the Mike Drop Club. Hosted by Douglas Hamandiche. Message received. Message received. You do not need to know what you need. What you need. Just engage with the podcast feed. Just engage with the podcast feed. Providing weekly insights into cool stuff we've read, saw, did, or heard about what made us say, wow, eureka, damn, nothing is off limits. If it motivates and inspires you to reach your goals, then it shall be discussed. Featuring guest interviews from high performers and people of influence and weekly awards for the best mic drop moment. This podcast is guaranteed to leave you pumped up for the week ahead. Don't just live life, make life boom. How you guys doing out there? It's Douglas Hammond DJ for another episode of the Mic Drop Club. And today I have another session, another show. This time we're bringing back somebody that has got a lot of attention, somebody that I've got a lot of respect for. And somebody who a lot of you guys have been asking, when is he going to come back and break some knowledge down, give us some more insightful hints and tips on how we should govern our lives. And that is Lee Joyce. Lee Joyce is a championship competition ready jujitsu champion. Okay. And over the last few um, weeks, months, as everybody has been quarantined and with a lot of countries are still in quarantine, it's important that we catch up with Lee just to find out what sort of effects that this does this um, have on a competition athlete? Okay, so Lee has kindly volunteered, should I say, or I twisted his arm to do a series, okay, that you can follow on a weekly basis, breaking down the path of maintaining your mental health, physical fitness from the perspective of a competition jiu-jitsu athlete. So this is important, guys. This is this is this is the one where you really need to stay focused, have your cup of tea at the ready, chocolate digesters, whatever it is, and just relax and let Lee take over the mic drop club. So with no further ado, Lee, how you doing? You're right. Hey Douglas, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Fantastic. It's been a while. It has. It has. A lot's happened. The world's gone crazy. Indeed so. You look well. You look well. Thank you. Thank you. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm trying. I'm keeping. I'm keeping there. Yo, I'm keeping I'll, well. I've got the donking going on here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you. <laughs> just for this episode, we're not recruiting. Not I'm um, doing the video feed, but still, the message is so so important. So, Lee, thank you very much for for um, volunteering and and um, you know, answering the calling, answering to to the the feedback we've been getting from your previous show, which was very well received, very, very well received. And there was a lot of insights there that you, you shared with the, with the listeners there. So yeah, if you could just step back, your mic is just cracking up a little bit. Cracking. Is that okay? Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. 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 So what I'm going to do is because before it was crack, yeah, now it's cracking. I think the mic is very sensitive. Probably. Yeah, it's the pecs. The pecs are are, are crushing, the, <laughs> crushing the secretary in the microphone. So, so yeah, like you said, um, Lee, it's it's always a pleasure. Okay, so if you talk us through how things have been in terms of the training regime. 
my training regime. Yeah. Um, How has it been affected with this COVID and you know, just what's been going on in, the, in that regard? Yeah. So, I mean, for me, it's been, um, it's been quite good. You know, it's worked out well. Um, I've, I've made, I've been thinking to, um, you know, put stuff out there about this situation, about the situation really, because I think some people feel um, out of place when they no longer have tools at, at their disposal, um, gyms, etc. You know, um, I do a lot of my training in the gym, a lot of my strength and conditioning stuff, and obviously the jiu-jitsu is all in, all in the club. You know, with with other people to share knowledge and to to, to help train and and whatnot. Um, so yeah, I mean, when I first came um, came back from Barcelona um, due to the, the pandemic, yeah, um, it was a bit of a shock, you know. Um, of course, like like it has been for everyone, and um, the training I had to adapt to to quite um, had to make a big change because what happened with me personally. I had, I mean, we'll, we'll get onto the subject because I know we've got a, a lot to speak about. But, you know, when I went out to, um, in January, the beginning of this year, I went out to Barcelona to um, compete. Um, I had a European championship. Yeah, yeah. And the way that things had happened in my last few um, training camps, when you start a camp or uh, the, the the type of camp that I was doing, it's an eight to 12 week um, training regime. So this is like to get you to your um, optimal fitness. Um, The week before you compete, you know, you, you recoup, you eat well, you rest, and then you go in and you should be um, at your peak. Because of the way that things happened, I only completed the first four weeks of these flat camps a few times. you know, we'll, we'll elaborate on why that happened. But mm-hmm. um, for those four weeks, it's all to do with building strength. So it's heavy compound um, exercises. And if you don't finish the rest of it, you're going to put on weight, right? Okay. So I went from being a middle heavyweight in January to um, jumping up to a heavyweight. Um, wow, in, in just that short period of time. Sorry? In just that um, short period of time? In three weeks. And in so, three weeks. Wow. So is there something to be said, like I said, you're doing the four weeks and that was a compound training. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. The, so compound training, just for the listeners out there, is this the one where you, you, you're saying you gain a lot of mass when you do you compound? Do. So, compound? Compound exercises are multiple joint movements. Yeah. So, you know, so like a squat, because you're bending at your knees and you're bending at your hips. Yeah. Like a bench press, because you're bending your elbows and you're bending at your chest. So anything that's that's like a a two-joint movement would be a compound exercise. Okay. So um, like a, you know, I do like a squat, a deadlift, um, a pull-up, and a squat and a bench press. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're doing them... um, like that, you're, you're going to put on weight. You know that's how you build mass. Um, that's it's because when you're you're doing these compound exercises, you spike the testosterone levels. When you eat, you you um 
you put on the weight, basically. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah I can imagine. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so four, so so four weeks. Yeah, so you put on the weight. I put on a lot of weight. And then, you know, I, I was quite comfortable at the weight. Um, so I had to adapt. When I came into... Um, came back, I, you know, I had to, I'm not in the gym anymore. I've now got all this extra weight. Yeah. Um, and I need to start trying to get fit again. Right. From, from, so, from the compounds of your, your, of your flat, of your, of your residence, you yeah. were trying to maintain fitness. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, for the first few weeks, um, it was just trying new things. So I had um, like a, I, I bought a pull-up bar and I bought some parallel bars. Okay. And I had such bad shoulder mobility from where I put on all this, this weight, but it hurt to just hang from the bar. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what happened. So, you know, when I, when I went for the Europeans, I had a situation where I had to um, switch trainers, okay? So I have been with my club or with my old club and my coach um, for a long time, you know, maybe seven years, six, seven years. Long time, um, long time. Yeah, I formed tight friendships um, and a number of things happened and I had to make a decision to, to switch trainers. So, um, I've done it, but this was just before the European championship. So it caused me a hell of, hell of a lot of stress. It's like going through uh, a divorce, right? You're, you've, you've built these friendships and it's, you know, I don't necessarily, I don't really get, some things because I think, you know, there's professionalism and then there's, there's friendship. Right. And I don't think the two should cross, cross over. Um, you should be, you know, uh, um, a humble enough person maybe to, you know, if someone needs something else from, from somewhere and you can't offer that, you know, you should be like, look, we, um, I would love for, for us to, to clean me or whatever. Um, but I think you should do this and our friendship isn't going to change. That's sure. how I look at things. Yeah, you, know? you're able to clearly separate the two, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Um, unfortunately for me, it didn't happen like that. You know, um, I felt quite let down on things. Um, maybe wasn't anyone's fault. Um, but the way that it ended up, you know, I, I had to go and... Um, when I when I went, it was it was really hard. I felt quite um, let down at the time. So when I when I left, I had called the um, my professor, my coach now, um, and I said, "Look, I'm, I'm having issues like with my training, um, and I can't afford for this to be happening at this point in my career." Um, can I come and see you? Um, said, yeah, like, no problem. Jump on a flight. Mm. So I got on a flight and I went out to Barcelona. Um, I met Gustavo there. And I mean, you know, and this is like, so, okay. So breaking it down, the night that I left my club, my 
some things happened where I was extremely exhausted from training. I'd trained hard in the morning. I'd been working all day. Then I had to get on a train to go and teach a class. So I went and talked to us. And I mean, I can barely keep my eyes open. So I'm like, on the train, like, oh, how am I going to do this? Go and teach the class. And then afterwards, it's meant to be my training. Um, and for whatever reason, I ended up teaching a period of time of that class, right? And when my coach turned up, um, I just wasn't feeling that I was getting what I needed from him or from the club, you know? Yeah. And I felt let down and I felt disrespected, um, you know, because I put a lot of work into what I do, you know, I put everything into what I do. So when that night I left, I couldn't sleep. Um, you know, when you're that tired, you're so you know your CNS, like your central nervous system, you need to shut off. Yeah, you can't. Your body can't manage physical stress on top of mental stress. Your cortisol levels, you know, so you get your sleep higher, yeah, and you're going to break, right? So I come home and I couldn't sleep. I mean, I was staring at the the wall until five a.m. in the morning. Sent this message. The next day, I called my girlfriend up and I said, you know, this is a discussion and uh, I'm, I'm getting on a plane basically. Um, so I went out there and I was out there for three weeks. When I got out there, I was like, well, I've still got a train. So, you know, I've had all this stress. I'm, I'm in the middle of a camp. I'm dragging my suitcase along, got the train, got off the train and then I've gone straight to training. So I'm a brown belt. Um, you know, I've been training jiu-jitsu full-time for seven years consistently. Um, longer than that, but that's like my consistent time. And when I got there, I was sparring with a white belt. He was all over me, jumping over my back. I then sparred with a really good um, guy, the coaches there, purple belt as well. Um, he just was, you know sparring with me and I've got three an old injury, three broken ribs and he sort of landed on my ribs and I yelped and I think I rolled onto my wrist as well. And I was and so I was picking up injuries, right? And the coach there said to me, Lee, like Gustavo, you know, um I Gustavo, I've got so much respect for this this guy, you know, um and his wife Gina, they're they um they really are amazing people. I'm really thankful to have met them. Um and they, he said to me, Lee, just stop training, you know, like this, this is, you're tired. I can see you're fatigued, you're mentally stressed, stop training. I said, what? Like three weeks out from a European championship, yeah, you know? Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. How am I, and he said, no, no, no more training. No more training. So I, in my head, I'm like, how am I going to stop training three weeks before? I, but he said to me, look, I was middle heavyweight. So he said, just rest now, eat, get strong. You know jujitsu, don't worry about it. You know, you need to take this pressure off. Like, stop feeling like this and it's not fun for you now. You know, this is something you need to enjoy. Like, you know, it's a serious sport, but it's something you love. You know, you have to enjoy it as well. So I said, okay, this is what I'll do. So I did that. You know, I started eating. Mm. I stopped training. I went for a few runs here and there, but just like light training. 
And um, three weeks before, I this is three weeks before, and then leading up to it, I had to fly from Barcelona to Lisbon because the European Championship was, was in Lisbon. So um, three days before I leave for the flight, I'm doing like quite advanced yoga sessions, right? I mean, some of these things, honestly, I can't complete all of them. Like, just like, just oh. looking at somebody um, doing yoga sometimes just ties me out. Yeah, right. <laughs> just wave the white flag. Exactly. <laughs> and when you're 95 kilos, yeah, and you've got like big muscles and you're trying to... Yeah, yeah. And... Um, yeah, so anyway, uh, three days before, I had this intense burning pain on my side. I thought, what the hell is that? Mm. But, uh, the only thing I can put it down to, I must have overstretched, right? Must be from yoga. So I'm getting pseudo-cream, and this is how sensitive it is. I'm getting pseudo-cream, and I'm wiping it on my side, and it's mm. hurting. So anyway not feeling great, but I'm like, whatever. And, you know, through this whole thing, I was really focused on winning the European Championship. It was like, it's my first step with, you know, um, so when I went, went to um, the star, he also, I said, he said, I said, if you let me join your team, mm. I will leave my team and I will join you immediately. You know, I've had enough um, of messing about, you know. So he said, okay, no problem. I'll do that for you. So they, you know, and it's quite a big thing because there's a lot of politics in jiu-jitsu. Um, and Atos, they they are um, the best team in the world, you know? Excellent. Andre Carabell is Gustavo's brother. He is the most decorated jiu-jitsu fighter ever. Um, you know, there's, yeah, they're, they're good. And it was a, Big yeah. thing for me, right? Yeah, I can I can imagine that. I just want to pick up on the the, the thoughts that you might be that that you you might have been experiencing or, or or and the emotions that you're feeling, whereby you're at the precipice, you're about to enter a competition, and then something mm. there's a compelling event to say to you, you have to change your training regime, train change your whole teacher, and all of that kind of stuff, all, all that baggage that comes with with that as well as then yeah. picking up and relearning or learning um, through another teacher, different methodologies and different ways of eating, training, yeah. all of that kind of stuff, yeah? Um, so it's something that you're not taking easy, right? No. Right. So did you have supreme confidence in that your decision that I've had enough of where you uh, are yeah. pre previously, or was it just this niggling thing where you... Fully confident. Uh, been on my mind for a while. Okay. Um, you know, there's. I. Uh, right. So. With um, when someone puts their time in you, I feel you have a certain responsibility to um, be loyal or to repay or whatever yeah yeah um there was a period in my life when my old coach helped me a lot you know and i don't forget things like that and i also believe that you know it doesn't necessarily matter 
like a, like a world champion, for instance, that's the person. You know, that's that's you. That's your persona. That's your um, the the way that you, the, the person is. You have that belief in yourself, right? Yeah. And I think if if someone is prepared to put their time in you, um, that they could come on that journey as well. You know, and I. I've always known where I'm going, you know, like, like I, I, I know where I'm heading. And for a long time, I've tried to bring people with me or say, you know, like, uh, like but if you're, if you're putting in more than someone, yeah, then, you know, it's time to walk, you know, and it's really, really difficult. Like it, it really is hard because, you know, no one wants to, um, it's, especially when it's friendships, you know, no one wants to upset anyone. No one wants to insult people. No one wants to have bad, bad words, but own it, mate. Yeah. Like own what you are, own what it is. You know, it's not fair to be saying to someone, you have to be loyal to me. You have to stick with me when you can't give me what I need. Correct. Yeah, correct. Well, 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 well said that. And also in terms of your own growth within jujitsu, did you feel that you had outgrown, do you call it a dojo? Yeah. Yeah. Did did you, yeah. Did you outgrow your dojo or the teachings within that dojo? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like in, in, to be brutally honest, like how else can you say it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I did because you know, it, it's at a point now where, you know, there's that old saying, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Correct. Um, <laughs> never, never, you know, and I'm sure people think of it of me because of the way that I can come across sometimes, but I never think that I'm better than anyone like, like that. Um, I'm, I'm a fighter. I'm a competitor. So it's in my nature to be competitive. Right? So if I'm challenged, I don't, I don't have that, um, you're going to beat me. Like I have yeah. like the no lose mentality. Yeah. But you know, I've always got time for people. I would never like, um, like be arrogant with it or like, sometimes I can be cocky and taking the piss, just having fun with it, you know, but if I ever offended anyone or anyone felt uncomfortable around me, I would do my best to, to rectify it. You know, I, I wouldn't ever want to make someone feel feel that way um i just felt yeah i like in in the end when you're you know i need help and not getting the help and i'm going around barking at people barking orders then you know it's like mm, what am i doing here yeah you know? yeah so so in terms of the, the growth thing I'm, I'm really keen to find out because in terms of jujitsu for example yeah um you have a teacher you have a, a grandma a master or a coach yeah, 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 right, right. Um, and do they have their own methodology within the subject of jujitsu? So, yeah. so, 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 are you following the actual teacher, for example, or uh, are you a student of the actual, uh, the the art of jujitsu, as it were? Because sometimes it could be like so so keen to to follow a teacher and then lose 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 your thread 
on the actual subject. And I, I don't know, I don't think I'm explaining it well. I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, say you are studying mathematics, for example. Yeah. Digressing a little bit, but trying to try to frame it right. Say you study mathematics and you got a teacher that you like their way of teaching you mathematics. Sure. Yeah. There's a danger you can just follow the teacher opposed to the subject mathematics. Yeah, yeah. Of you see, because sometimes when the teacher goes, your whole love for mathematics has gone. Yeah. yeah. So when you now at this at the at the point whereby you're in transition. Yeah, you've got that feeling. You're going to get rid of, you're going to move because you're outgrowing the teachings within that dojo. I, I used to love, uh, you know, this is, look, again, because I'm sure, you know, people, some people are going to listen to this that know me well, you know, and stuff. And um, it's not my um intention to make anyone feel um uncomfortable or 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 um any any way you know but all i can say is when you uh you know human nature can be ugly sometimes mm. and when you start when someone starts really progressing and doing well like you have people you know like don't ever let someone tell you you can't do something don't ever let anyone tell you that. Yeah. If you believe something and you want to do it, then you need to, to, to be thinking, you need to surround yourself with people that are going to push you towards that, right? Yeah. And, you know, like there was things that I've said about where I'm going and stuff, and I could see it start to make people like, you know, envious or jealous. I don't, I don't really know. Um, you know, but it, it wasn't a, I didn't feel comfortable with it, you know, and why aren't I feeling comfortable? Mm. I've got this team that I'm training with in Barcelona and they're making me feel comfortable, you know, but I'm, I'm not here. So like I said, I've always enjoyed training, but it got to a point for me where I was going to training and I was no longer enjoying it. So mm. in the beginning, it was all about the teacher for me. The teacher made me want to be there. Yeah. The people made me want to be there. Yeah. But when I got to a certain point, now I'm not getting what I'm getting what I need from the teacher. So now I'm following the subject. You know. So what I would say, how, how I'd probably say it is, um, commit to the subject, follow the teacher. You need to say that one more time. Commit to the subject, follow the teacher. Okay, that's guys, right. That's a atomic mic drop atomic right there, right? Mic drop. <laughs> it's, not, it's not every day you get one of those, but that is substantive, right? Because a lot of people do suffer where, from this affliction whereby they are either following the, the teacher, yeah, the coach, and losing sight of the subject that they mm. are teaching. Uh, they're disciple of the of the actual teacher, which is not what this is about. It is the subject of jujitsu or whatever it is that you are actually training to become. Uh, I remember yeah. I'm listening to a Mike Tyson documentary, and he's talking about his his first trainer, the the late. I said, um, do come? I can't even I can't even pronounce it. Oh, uh, Kamato or something like that. His first trainer, it basically yeah. took him from the streets to to just before he became world champion. 
And yeah. because he had that respect for him, was like a father figure to him, for him, was like a friend, a coach, a mentor, everything. And he was just doing whatever this guy told him to do. And it was working, getting results. Yeah. When, when he passed away, he lost his way until he rekindled his love for the actual art that he was studying, which was boxing, yeah. opposed to the actual individual. So that, that transition can be painful. A lot of people just give up when, yeah. when like so you can sometimes see athletes do it. When they change coach, their career plummets. So you were, you were gambling. That was not a straightforward gamble you were doing there. Oh, God. I tell you what, this was hard. This was really hard. And, you know, I was, you know, I can't speak for people, but I've been, um, put it this way, when I left, I got a phone call from a few people, actually. I got messages from a few people. Um, and some of them, you know, said, Lee, like, what the hell? Like, you just literally walked away from your black belt. Yeah. Right? People train for their whole lifetime just to get a black belt. And then they finally got my black belt. Yeah. I will yeah. pay from it. Wow. You know, and then that, that, that takes a lot. And you talked about ownership, owning it. You know, yeah, yeah you really own that feeling and the outcome. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. So you must have been a miserable git. <laughs> <laughs> But it hurt me, Douglas. It, uh, it hurt me. Yeah. You know, I can see that. Like I said, when I did that and then I went out to the Europeans. Yeah. Um, I said, you know, about it, it then my my mental state changed. So I was living in a hostel in Barcelona. This is the only way I could get out there. So I went and I was living in a hostel and you know, I was sleeping sixteen hours a day. Wow. Like the, the stress and the pressure, I just, yeah. it was wiping out. I was getting up, eating, going back to sleep. And my head started to change from, I'm going to win the European Championship to now, I don't care about the European Championship. I just want it over with so that I can move club. Yeah. So it then became about, it didn't become about the European Championship anymore. It became about all this has happened to redirect me to the person or the people that I need to be with that are going to get me to my next level. You know? You're assembling your team, literally. Sorry? You're assembling your team, literally. Exactly. Yeah. And then, like I said, I left for the European Championship. Um, Before my fight, I didn't say anything to anyone, but my side was burning. When I mean burning, mate, I had this, I was like, what the hell is that? (laughs) I thought, forget it, block it out, go yeah. and fight. So I go into my first fight and I lose by a disadvantage. So no points were scored either way. It was just uh, all, all the guy got an advantage and, and he won, right? Um, and, you know, it was one of those things where I didn't struggle through the fight three weeks before I stopped training. It was a high-level competition. I really didn't struggle with it. I just lost the fight. Yeah, which happens, which happens. It happens, right? And then I went home, went to the hotel. um, Thought, thank God it's over. I woke up the next morning. I had a rash all up my side. So what had happened is through the stress, I'd given, I'd broken my immune system down and I'd um, developed shingles. Shingles, yeah. 
Like hives as well. You can get hives as well, can't you? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I didn't have any medication because I was out of the country and you have to take it in the first week. So by the time I was back, I I couldn't take it. When I'm in pain, this work, because it's your nerve endings, all right? And this pain on my side was like, it put me out for six weeks. Six weeks, right? So I came back and I had these six weeks and then I had to... I signed, signed up for the London Open, which was another competition, yeah. right? And it was the first competition I was doing under my new team's name. So I thought, you know what? I've had no training at all. Yeah. It's totally six weeks. I've been ill with shingles, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go quiet anyway. <laughs> because I'm like, it, it's been a point, Douglas, where through my career, I've competed, I've had injuries, I've had this, I've had that. And times have come up and now I've reached this point where I'm like, right, I'm going for it now. You know, I'm, I'm going to win these championships. So I'm like, it doesn't matter what, what happens to me. And this is what I try and explain to people. I've actually had the conversation with my, with the person I'm living with today about the same thing, which is it doesn't matter how you feel. If it's something that you want, you yeah. have to fucking go and get it. Yeah. You have to, you have to do that. You know, like I don't, mate, honestly, there's times where I can barely walk, but I'm still there at training. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like if you want it, you've got, you've got to do it. So I went in and I'd done that competition and I, I, I've got the video and. You're going to share that because that's going to be as part of the, your autobiography that I, we're compiling, was, you know, newsflash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. I went in defensive because I hadn't trained. Yeah. Uh, and watching it on a point basis, if the if the referee would have scored it correctly, I would have won the fight, right? He we, the fight was scored nil nil. And like honestly, there's parts in the video where I'm I'm racking up advantages and he's like turning, he's looking over here. So it was another one of those things. And the guy that I thought one got his hand raised and I, I'm sort of like at the end mm. and um like pulling the face and my opponent said oh you know don't worry I just got lucky and and then he said to me you know like I've been I've just done four weeks training in Brazil at Alliance top club in Brazil for this fight you know and I'm like these guys are going flying to Brazil in four weeks I'm sitting on my sofa for six weeks with shingles yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and still coming but you know, taking nothing away from anyone like he, he won. And, um, that was, that was the last, um, comp I'd done before I then left to completely join, um, Atos in Barcelona. So, um, yeah, I went out, I joined, um, I just moved out there yeah. to, to join them. I had a 15 month contract, so I would have been, um, on an apartment. So, I would have been training with them for over a year. Um, and then the pandemic hit and I ended up back. Yeah, so, wow. Well, well, yeah. It's like a journey there and back again, type, kind of like Lord of the Rings type thing. You know, you, you got yourself out there. And then now this. Yeah. So, in terms of dealing with the loss, dealing with the losses, how to, what's your technique of dealing with loss? You speak about it in a very matter of fact way. You know, I, I, don't, I don't detect a lot of emotion. When you're talking about those two defeats, I, which is something that's endearing, you, you don't really see that, a lot of that. How do you deal with loss? 
Um, so lost, like, it's really funny actually because um, we spoke um, a week ago, um, didn't we, briefly? Yeah. And um, you mentioned this subject to me. And when I was um, thinking about dealing with loss, I was, I related it to um, like relationships I've had to lose and, and, and things like that. Mm. Um, and they are on different, um, you know, you, you would look at them in different ways. So, but with the competing, the losing with competing, I don't care, mate. I really don't care. It doesn't phase me at all, you know. Like loss or failure are the cornerstones to success. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you can't lose and get back up, well, what the hell are you doing? You know, yeah. you're 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 in you're in the wrong place. Like, um, I learn from everyone I've gone, and I've never been beaten badly. Mm. Like, I've never had someone completely take like rack up points on me. I've never been submitted in competition badly. You know. Um, you know, so it's it, it, it's just one of those things. Like it's just that. Yeah, you re- you remind me of like a Jimmy White. <laughs> if you for you to snook analogy, you know, so much potential, so much talent, brutal yeah. talent, you know, untapped talent. That like even when he lost, he kind of like knew that he could have won it anyway. They just yeah. it's just aligning all your ducks in a row and having exactly. that perfect moment to execute. That's, that's all it is. And ho- holding on to that, I think it, it is, um, it's, it's, it's very, really, really important. And I think it transcends sport. I think everything you're talking about here, you, you dropped a few more gems as well in terms of, um, um, how you stay focused, um, taking responsibility that you, anyone in any other, um, vocation, profession, relationship should be able to draw upon you know, particularly ownership. A lot of people don't like ownership. They don't like owning anything unless it's nice. Then yes, yeah, that's my Bentley. Yeah, that's my girl. That's my dog. And all the nice stuff, people want to take ownership of. But all the crap, people like to distance themselves from that. And I think the closer that we hold on to the taking ownership, the, the better we are, that we grow. And I'm seeing you and I'm, as we're speaking, we spoke last week and prior to that, we're not spoken for a few months. But there's growth. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. you no, know, there's a there's a lot of growth there, and like like I said, there's the the, the talent there is unquestionable, unquestionable. Mm. But essentially, for for this this show, we've been talking about the teacher and the master, and you definitely somebody that's transcended, that's moved beyond the teachings within a particular dojo, and you're embracing new philosophies in around the same subject. I'm gonna ask yeah. you a quick question. Um, I love Rocky films. I love them. I'm, I'm a sucker for that, and also chick flicks. I love those two types of films. I don't know why I like chick flicks and Rocky type films. I just do, right? But in Rocky, in Rocky films, you, you like chick flicks as well. <laughs> you do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that, that's important. That's that's important. But in terms of Rocky films, like when he loses. He always deals with a loss. And there's always a training issue in every film where it goes yeah, back yeah. to basics. It might might be training on the Alps in a desert, no equipment, yeah. in, in a cold room, punching a piece of pork, whatever the case may be. That always seems to happen. 
So in this transition between jo- Dojo One and Dojo Two, where you where you are now, what's the yeah. difference in style? Okay, so first of all, like the training. Um, when you go into so jujitsu is like you you do have different um, types of jujitsu, right? You have like more of a self defense jujitsu, and then you have like uh, a um, a competition jujitsu, right? When when you you know you know it depends what you want out of out of it, but. My school where I started, for instance, it is a self-defense jiu-jitsu school, yeah? Because we don't really start standing up. When you're in competition, you start to... I mean, we do do takedowns, but we're, they, they didn't focus um, heavily on that, right? Mm. Um, and, you know, I would never take anything away from, from, from the club or anything because it's a fantastic club and the techniques are, are brilliant. You know, the teacher is very knowledgeable, lovely person. Um, and you know, a great teacher as well. But when it comes to competition, you're stepping into flat territory. Mm. So it doesn't, you can't just learn the techniques. You need to be fit. You need to be executing them with speed, with um, conviction. Like, you know, I'm drilling these techniques and I'll learn it. And then I'm tightening the technique up and then I'm putting the speed behind it. And then mm. I'm coming away from jiu-jitsu and I'm doing the same movements in an exercise with weights to get yeah. strong, you know? So, yeah, um, yeah there's, there's, there's a lot. There's a line in there. Yeah. But again, when you say, there's always these two words because it's being motivated. So like um, my friend that I'm living with at the moment, he said to me the other, the other day, we'll, we'll talk about, um, that as well, because I would like to um, include that that um, at some point. But um, he basically said to me, Lee, do you know what? There's there's one thing that I've noticed with you through this whole time, and he said, and it's that your focus has never budged an inch, you know, and that's what it is. It's drive. Yeah, you've got motivation. Yeah. And then you've got drive. Okay. Motivation fluctuates yeah. up and down. Yeah. Yeah. I wake up today and I feel like shit. I'm not that motivated. Drive states. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. So what what's what's the um secret sauce? What's the ingredient to your drive? <laughs> <laughs> what's the ingredient? Yeah, what's the, what's at the core? What what drives, you know, what's the like the combustion engine? It needs a spark. And the, what is it that gives you the drive? Happiness, I suppose. Happiness. Yeah. Uh, uh, health, mental well-being, yeah. you know, like stress is so destroying. If you're not happy in your life mm. and, you know, it will make you look like shit, you start eating crap, you you know, you have to be happy. You're, the, the, the most important thing in life is your mental state. Yeah. You know, it all starts in your mind. Wherever you are, you know, what's the saying? Um, see it in your mind, hold it in your hand. Yeah. You know, like you, have to, you have to be visual with things, you know. And jiu-jitsu is the only thing that makes me happy. It's the only thing that where I, I feel complete. And so I know... Then there's other 
every other subjects like you know finances life bills things like that so you can't just do something fun and forget about all your responsibilities yeah. so how do yeah. you, so how do we make this work so i have to get paid off for what i like doing yeah that's the only way to do it right so but i'm not there yet and what i want and to, to be there i've got to do a lot of work but then to do that, I've got to make sacrifices. But then are they sacrifices? Because when I get there, I'll have everything anyway. Yeah, yeah, it's you true. Know? It's true. It's so true. Yeah. Ex- yeah. Excellent, excellent. Because um, what, 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 last week was Mental Health Awareness Week. Mm. And I would have loved to get you on the show last week. Because yeah. the last the last few pearls that are so, so important in terms of maintaining your mental health. You know, which is the most important thing. It's the foundation. And you build upon that, isn't it? Other things. And understanding what yeah. makes you happy. You know, um, do you take yourself seriously? Do I take myself seriously? Yeah, do you take yourself seriously? I'm a serious person. You're a serious person. So, so your self-talk, is it very coarse? Like, or is it very um, self-compassionate? Like how you speak to yourself? Um, no, I don't... I don't let up on myself, you know, like, look, <laughs> um, everyone wants to be happy. I mean, everyone wants to, you know, enjoy and, and be nice, but it's a hard world, yeah. you know, like yeah. you have to be, again, I spoke about this last time, but you have to understand the, the polar opposites, you know, and to get the best things out of life, you have to, you have to fucking suffer, man. Yeah. Like you have you to have go to, for the grind. You have to go have through to the fire. <laughs> you have yeah, to. That's it, you know? so have to. So, so do I, no, mate, I'm hard on myself. Constantly. Yeah. yeah. Hard. Like, and another thing is this, um, going to the mental health. A lot of people speak about anxiety um, and there's a lot of stuff on anxiety out. And honestly, you know, so sometimes, like, I'm quite um, active on social media or I'm posting stuff or I'm talkative, and sometimes you won't see me on social media for a week or two. Yeah. Come right. Sometimes the reason for that is, and I promise you, like, you know, because I know my own mind and I know where I've been in my own mind and where I've been in places in my life. So I know how tormenting my mind can be for me. So um, I suffer from anxiety at times. There was a point in my life where I did get rid of it for for a long time, maybe a year or two. Mm. It came back when I started really growing again. I had had a lot of sacrifices to make. I had all this stuff happen. But when I get anxious... You know, I might be quiet, but that's when I work. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Use as a driver. Yeah, yeah. That's what. Yeah, you know, all these failures, or you know, or these questions, or the things that I think I can't do. Come on, then, fucking try me. <laughs> you know, just go. No, no, I know. I like that because we all need a little anxiety to quicken the heart to into moving. We all, yeah. all need a little bit of anger to break out of a particular state. Like for me to go to the gym, I've been, I've, I've not been going to the gym 
even a month before the lockdown anyway. So I was ready on that downward st- spiral anyway. So I know my self-talk has to be brutal. It just has to, I cannot give myself this lovey-dovey talk for me to go yeah. back to the gym when the lockdown's gone. It's got to be like, you better get the F out of here. If yeah. you want, yeah, it's important that we understand where anger sits in terms of shifting your mindset into other states of being. We need to understand where anxiety sits, as you quite clearly explained. It can it can debilitate you, yes, so you have to remove yourself from it, but also it can enable you to feel alive and all your senses can actually start, you know, percolating, yeah. percolating. But it's a fine, it's like this, it's like, it's like tippy-tap, tippy-tap, tippy-tap. Too much anxiety, too little anxiety, too much anxiety, too little. Finding that sweet spot is, is, is science. It starts with knowing yourself, isn't it? Definitely. Pull yourself from social media for a couple of weeks, do other things as well. So these are all things that we all here can, can, can learn and build and grow from, but it's coming from an athlete. Thank you. Thank you. And try not to give, you know, just remember like anything that you, anything that you give power to will have power, you know? So things like, um, if you, right. So try not to think too much about what people think about you or what people's reactions are or whatever, you know, uh, as long as you're being a good person, you know, everyone knows what morals are. Everyone knows what's right and wrong. You know, whether you're a good or a bad person, you know, whether what you're doing is right or wrong. Right. So I do believe that if you're, if you are a good person and you, you have a message to put out there, maybe to help people or, or whatever, put it out there and don't think about, so, you know, like I can put something out there and then your mind will go, what, what are people's reactions? I want to read their comments. I want to read this. No, no, no. Don't, don't worry about it. Your message is out there. Now take your phone down and forget about it. Yeah, it's doing something. You know? It's working. It's magic. <laughs> it's working. It's magic. You can go back to it another time, you know. And if you have, like, negative things or, or negative comments from people, just don't worry about it, you know. You have to try and try and not. I mean, I, I can be bad for but I've really... It's really stressed me out some of those things, but um, you know, I just buy my time and think, you know, that it's nothing done out of revenge. But I just buy buy my time in, in the sense of let them think that results will show. You know, there's nothing to rush about. Like, give it a couple of years, and yeah, and I'll show one first night. Oh wow, wow! Do you know what, like. We started the start of this conversation just talking about the, the transition between a student and the teacher and the, and the difficulties, the challenges that can um, that the person that the student has to go through to grow and to become better and stronger and a better version of themselves in whatever field. And you quite clearly explained that. So I want to thank you for that and I want us to really think about what you've said. Again, as, as you as you've said it, you know, I'm I'm thinking about it in terms of my own life as well. You know, how can I, how can I apply some of the teachings? But certainly part two, we have to revisit and, and touch other things in terms of relationships, finances. You talked about, um, you know, you, the person that you're living with at the same time, all of that. We're going to bring, bring that all together 
in the next show. In fact, we've got a series of these shows anyway. And we're going to see how far, we're going to ride this until the wheels pop off. That's our philosophy. We want to ride this out to the wheels pop off because there's too many gems out there that Lee is dropping, all right? <laughs> Thank you, Is there, any, is there any, any other things you want to leave the listeners with before we bail um, out? No, just maybe, you know, in these times, I think it's quite an important time. You know, uh, everyone knows what, what, um, what's going on at the moment. It, it is a difficult time. Try not to think too much about the virus, what's going on. Try not to be, you know, I mean, I know everyone's walking around with masks and being cautious and whatnot, but just remember, like, fear is a big stressor. It will lower your immune system and it will give you um, more of a chance of getting sick. So try not to pay to, too much attention. Obviously, follow the rules, follow what, what we've got to do, but still try and enjoy your life, you know. And at this time when we've got the, these times, Seriously, take the time to, to give some time to yourself, you know, um, whether that be to, to tighten your diet up. You don't have to make big changes, you know, even if it's like going for a 10 or 15 minute walk that you never did before, that, yeah. you know, something like that that's giving back to yourself. Um, for people that have never done a lot of exercise before or um, people that are struggling, um, especially women, um, for women, um, yoga. Seriously, give yoga a look. Um, you know, you can type in on YouTube and you can just follow instructions. These things are really good for the mind. 15 minutes exercise, whatever it is, do something but use the time. Amen to that. Thank you very much for your time, Lee. Mic Drop Thank Club, you. we salute you. dropclub.com and get the show notes and useful links subscribe to the podcast don't just live life make life boom